Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I'm welcoming Shannon Mercer, his chief executive officer at Fibertrace. Hello, Shannon. How are you? I'm very well, Adrian. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself, uh, where you come from, uh, what did you do before, before Fibertrace, uh, and what you do at Fibertrace, actually? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been across many uh, industries, so obviously started out in um, agriculture, but also been in, in retail and construction uh, before I got into this role. Um, Fibertrace is privately owned. Um, at the moment, and I've worked for that family for about 25 years across multiple business types. And so um, over the last, since 2018, uh, on the Fibre Trace project in trying to, to grow the team and grow the business globally. All right, but tell me about Fibre Trace. What, did, what is about, uh, what, how did it start actually? When did it start? So yeah, in, uh, the company was formed in 2018. 17 on the back of um, initial trials with the International Cotton Association to look at physical okay. traceability. The technology was developed from high security paper. So think of things like the US banknote or um, passports. And what we did was looked at how we could actually adapt that to man-made and natural fibers. So the technology is now patented across Europe and US. And we have a global team working across R&D, software, and business development to support the industry transition to a transparent future. All right. Okay, before jumping into what you do exactly at Fabertrace and how does it work, um, I would like to have your definition of what is um, sustainable fashion and what does it mean according to you? Sure, it's a good question. So, you know, to me, sustainable fashion not only refers to products being made in a way that you know, is mindful of the many environmental issues that the fashion industry touches upon, such as things like water, energy, soil health, but it also encompasses ethical and social aspects of how that those products were produced. And it's the balance of all of these from an impact perspective um, is, is what defines what true sustainability means to me. Mm. Fantastic. Um, so fiber trace, um, So you, you, you already introduced what you do, but I would like to understand how does it work from the, what you do exactly, um, how do you work with companies, uh, who are your clients, uh, what is the technology you, are, you, you, you developed, uh, uh, so it's very clear. Expl try to explain it as, as, is, as, is, as if I were your, your grandmother uh, or your, 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 just your baby, your five-year-old baby. Five-year-old baby, okay. Yeah. So the business itself offers two solutions. So one is called Fibertrace Map, and that's a digital chain of custody software platform 
that digitally tracks and maps products and certificates and purchase orders, shipping documentations and things like these and uses blockchain to record those processes to provide an irrefutable ledger of what has occurred in the supply chain. The second solution that Fibertrace offers is what's called Fibertrace Verified, which adds our patented physical traceability to the fibre in support of that digital platform to audit and verify the volume of fibre as it moves through the supply chain. Okay. So, as you said, how does it work? Um, mapped is easy. The first part's really easy. It's as simple as registering on the platform and and um, uploading your company details. So, um, you know, basically, if you can open a Facebook account, you can join Fibertrace in that in that in that term. Um, you know, and that is, and you add your company details and products and start being transparent by inviting the next person in the supply chain on any given order to accept and then build out the movement of that product. Think of mm. it like a relay race that you, you hand the baton to the next person in the relay race until the product is mapped out. The Fibre Trace Verified uses our patented physical tracing system to add to fibres. So each fibre has a different application and each fibre type has a unique signature. So an mm. example would be US cotton would have a different signature than, say, Australian cotton or recycled polyester, and it can be attributed to one manufacturer. And then once we've added that physical tracer, we then use proprietary handheld scanners that act as digital auditors to physically verify the fibre in real time in the facility and and ensuring that you can track it. So the way I try to explain it to people is think Walmart knowing where all its trucks are through chips. Fibertrace is a solution for this industry for real-time mapping and adding the physical tracer helps to ensure provenance and can help Mm. with blending of fibres to highlight when this occurs and, and isn't approved. Why is it so important to have a physical um, a, a, a physical traceability? Sure, it's a good question. So um, physical traceability helps with, depending on the fibre type, is ensuring that that fibre is the fibre that's in the garment. So um, we've seen now a number of cases, um, you know, they're public cases whereby, um, you know, there were organic uh, organic cotton was supposedly supposed to be in the product and then there was testing done to show that the product wasn't that. Um, we've had other cases where, you know, um, being promoted that it was recycled polyester and then found out that it wasn't actually recycled polyester. So ensuring that you can connect physical traces to digital platforms is the only real way of, in, of, of having a fully transparent system. Hmm. Um, what is? Can you give us a definition of? Uh, I mean, you talk about traceability, about blockchain. Um, can you give us a definition of these two terms uh, that are quite technical? And how does traceability and blockchain complete each other? Yeah, this is a really good question, and actually, and it's one, Adrian, I'd like to focus on. So, there's a lot yeah. of misrepresentation or lack of education when it comes to blockchain and it's fit for purpose as a tool alone for traceability. What Mm. I mean by this is that blockchain in its simplest form is a ledger that can't be erased. But the question then comes, who audits that data 
that's added to ensure it's true and correct before it's forever laid on the blockchain. So from this, we look at our industry and the challenges with paper-based systems and the need for compliance and ultimately the rise of the certification industry that's been built on the back of this compliance need and then the perpetuated by the fraudulent misuse of these systems. So having that physical and digital together, um, you know, really focuses on how we can improve in that space. So we then ask the question, how does digitising this system of self-reported data and digitising the certification schemes on a blockchain solve the industry problem of true traceability? And we, we just touched on this. It helps, right? And that's why Fibertrace has taken the approach of good, better, best by introducing both a digital chain of custody, which is different to a blockchain only as it requires the next actor in the supply chain to verify the step before and the physical solution to allow the industry to scale and allow brands to manage their risk profile on fibres to which they want blockchain chain of custody and which they want physically verified. This helps from a scale and cost perspective for the industry. Mm. So, and you are involved at every stage of the, of the product, actually, from the ship, uh, for example, for wool to the final garments, right? Yeah, so Fibertrace is best obviously turned on as close to the production of the fibre as possible. So for cotton and wool, it's at the gin or scouring. For man-maids like recycled polyester, for example, it's at production phase. The platform has been built to work with other systems or certifying bodies to add tests in the case of GMO for, for organic or in, you know, which, is, which can be done before even ginning, like right back at farm level. And we can add that data into the platform so you can go right back to seed when we're talking about, um, you know, um, natural fibres or, or right back to sheep when we're talking about wool. And then for, you know, even things like recycled polyester, we can add data in around acid tests, which is what's produced from the production of recycled mm. polyester to confirm that before we add the tracer. And all of this can be added to the platform um, also as can independent social compliance audits. So, but having real-time traceability confirms the fibre is actually in the facility at, every, at any given time and that allows a multitude of other service providers to engage with the platform to give the industry a solution it's been asking for. Mm. The, um, who are your, your clients? Sorry, what was the question? Yeah, who are your customers? Who? Who, yeah. Yeah, who are my customers? So it's... it's yeah. a, Um, with everyone in the supply chain, so everyone from okay. raw producers right through to brands and then the manufacturers that make them. It's really important to have traceability uh, across the, the sector. You need to engage with all parts of the supply chain. So mm. anyone that's in, as part of, a, of the supply chain can join the platform and start to become transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've been in this business since, uh, well, uh, tra Trace Fiber uh, has been, uh, well, Fiber Trace, sorry, I've been in, uh, in this business for five years. Um, or has traceability evolved over the last five years? Yeah, I think traceability um, five years ago was, you know, really started to be taken up by the trailblazer brands that pioneer the way across the sector. And what I mean by that, they understood the need from their consumers and wanted to highlight their transparency to the customer. The focus back then was on well, for, for traceability and transparency was the focus was transparency for good. To, so today we see this absolutely still happening, 
but we also see the legislative changes occurring that shifts towards traceability for compliance now, and that is what's driving the sector forward because the implications of not doing it are financially prohibitive. Hmm. Um, what is the legal framework? Uh, well, we are in France, so, so in France, I don't know if you, if you know the, the legal framework in France, but or is it abroad and internationally? Is there anything that is, uh, that is uh, pushing uh, this, whole, uh, this whole industry to, uh, to enforce its traceability and, uh, and yes, its traceability? Yeah, so I oh, know a little bit. So I think it was the, um, the introduction of the French duty of Vigilance Act, I think it was 2016 or 17, I think it was, has changed the way um, and scope of responsibility for brands from a human rights and a provenance and an environmental perspective when it comes to the production of goods. And what, what's happened is that framework closes any gap of shifting the responsibility matrix down the supply chain and brings traceability as a tool to the forefront to supporting compliance. Europe, you know, in general's drive towards labelling laws goes further, requiring brands to defend now with evidence any statements that they make to environmental claims in marketing and on labels. When we look, when we shift out of Europe now and then we move over to um, the US, the US has seen the introduction of the US regulation on the import of goods from Um, from Xinjiang region in China, which has come into effect recently. And, and what's driven that is under those rules, companies have to prove imports from the region and not produced using forced labour. And it's these types of legislative changes that are creating the urgency for traceability to be, to be adopted. But, you know, traceability shouldn't be seen as a cost. It is far more appeal Um, to consumers than we think. And this is where brands are interacting with platforms like ours to open, um, you know, open our consumer portal and give visibility to where the product was produced right back to the grower or the person, right, you know, the, the person who made it, you know, and, and why not? You know, when we looked at, you know, there's been a, a number of surveys over, over times and one that just that stays in my mind was one, I think it was 2018, Um, which was an Ipsos poll, uh, I think it was the Sustainable Fashion Survey or something like that, um, where, they, where at that time they went and surveyed a heap of consumers and 75% of those consumers believe that fashion retailers should take responsibility for their supply chains and environmental impacts. And I think it was over 50%, I don't even remember the exact number, but 52 or something like that, say they feel discouraged to buy from a brand that does not adopt information on topic. So at the same time, the use of um, greenwashing practices has undermined consumer confidence in brand commitments. And this is what's also driving that road to transparency is brands want to rebuild trust. Mm, definitely. Uh, and what is, the, um, what is the final client's expectancies when it comes to traceability? Um, uh, uh, how does it, uh, yeah, what, what's your feeling about it? Um, do you have any, any more data? Yeah, so, um, you know, this, this, this leads a little bit on from that last point and it's a really good question to, to dig a bit deeper, deeper mm -hmm. into because, you know, when we talk about, if we talk about by market we mean consumers, the way consumers interact with traceability has changed over time. And what I mean by this is that consumers have various ethical drivers to what they buy. The most basic of these is, is it fit for purpose and is it safe, right? So... 
like safety, traceability has often been considered in the past as a given by consumers and the responsibility of brands and governments. But today what we're seeing is more and more consumers are questioning where their clothes come from much the same way as we've seen this emergence in traceability in food over the last probably 10 years or so. And we're starting to see that now in this industry becoming more and more prevalent like food is. And the certain they and you know, and they certainly care more deeply about the ethical environmental claims that a brand and product makes. And this is where the shift in traceability and transparency in terms of market expectations is occurring. In the past, consumers have bought products based on quality, um, design, look, and, and you know, and their individual budget. And while these drivers are still, to my mind, are still a um, you know, they're still there in effect today in the way consumers have choice, consumers now will also take a piece of clothing off a rack, turn it around and read the claims it makes. So now we see if the product meets their personal values and their principles and their ethics, as well as being within their budget, they'll buy that product. So consumers are very much more emotive, uh, in my mind, in their purchasing decisions. And this is why we're seeing the demand for transparency from from brands being driven from the market and where the changes are occurring. Hmm. Do, do you, could you um, illustrate your your all uh, your your all story? <laughs> well, your all uh, what you what you are saying with a uh, real case study. Um, can you can you give us an example of uh, of a client you are working with, and how do you work with them? A, a case study? Yeah, sure. So. We've got a number of brands, you know, I can, I can choose one, one being one of the first to use actual fibre trace um, was women's fashion brand uh, label Reformation out of the US, yeah. uh, using fibre trace as a solution not only to meet regulatory requirements but they took a different approach and actually embraced it and marketed it direct to their consumers. It actually paid off for them with a higher sell-through rate and in some cases even attracted a premium. The program that we've got with them, which is ongoing and it's expanded now across the business, you know, highlights transparency as a key pillar for them, which drives consumer trust, as I was just talking about, loyalty, and an example of a company pioneering transparency and traceability and using that as a mechanism to drive business, not being just seen as just a compliance cost of doing business. And this, in my opinion, is how brands should view traceability. Hmm. And what does it cost to work with you? What does it cost? Yeah. Yeah, so we've got different versions of the way that um, Fiber Trace is, is, um, is, is, is in market. So as I said, there's Fiber Trace Map. Um, we've got the version of Fiber Trace Map actually comes out next month and it's free. So what we're okay. doing for the industry in terms of trying to help get everyone and actually drive um, sustainability and transparency is having a way that brands can, at the first level, map their supply chains, and we've offered that component for free. In terms of adding the physical tracer, we work with um, fibre companies, um, and that cost of the tracer is embedded into the fibre and therefore into um, into the fabric price. But when we talk about um, real cost in terms of the physical component, um, not the free platform part, but the physical component, Depending on the product, Adrian, it can it can be as little as one cent. So in terms of um, actually having a, a cost, it's not 
it's not a cost. And when you start to consider all of those other components around, um, you know, how brands are marketing it, like Reformation, it's not a cost at all. It's actually part of the way that they're doing business and building trust with their consumer. Of course, of course. Um, let's talk about the future of traceability. Um, what will it look like in the in, in five years? Yeah, I think it's so. I think utopia, like for my team and I, would be a future where all brands can take full ownership of their supply chain and therefore the full impact on individual goods. We want to see a world where where a consumer can pick up a garment and know the impact that it's had on the planet. And I think that's where traceability starts. And this is where its traceability is becoming increasingly uh, intertwined with the global, um, you know, global legislation, um, and, and we're starting to see that. I say with almost, I'd say with nearly almost 100% certainty that in five years there'll be a global benchmark for the disclosure of fibre origins, supply chain traceability, and this information will need to be irrefutable. So where I see it, I think there'll be a standard for traceability and. It'll be it'll be driven across the industry as a whole. Um, how, how much? I mean, how much time does it take to to implement uh, fiber trace uh, in a in a brand, for example? Uh, and how much resources uh, does it take? Um, when I'm talking about human resources, I mean, do I need to uh, to employ somebody full time? Uh, is it? Uh, Uh, is it taking over? Is it take over by the production team? Uh, or, or, or when you implement it, or how much does it take? Yeah, that's a good question. So you know, one of the four in the forefront of the minds of our development team, um, and 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 in, in interaction with a number of brands that we work with and beta testing the, the platform before we released, was you know the feedback that we got that there's a little bit of death by by data in terms of what supply chains are required the amount of information they've got to put into systems mm. and so what we've done is we've built our technology stack in a way that can talk to many systems um, across um, the supply chain and even interact with PLM systems for brands to take that amount of noise out and the, what what what's um, you know one of the benefits of utilizing fiber trace is we're not one product for one fiber type we're We manage multiple fibers and can hold certifications, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the aim of our technology is to pull labor out out of it and actually create um, a tool whereby um, you can you can implement fiber trace at little to no cost to your business. Hmm. All right. Um, what are your biggest challenges over the next few years? Um, I think getting more brands and manufacturers to take the next or first, in some cases, step in their traceability journey continues to be a challenge. Um, while it may seem like, you know, an obvious step, there's still quite a few barriers preventing um, some some brands, particularly enterprise brands and manufacturers, from making that, con that commitment. There's the perceived cost, the implementation. We just spoke about this, onboarding, data security, And as I said, with FibreTrace, we endeavoured to keep these elements front of mind throughout yeah. our creation and development and rollout. But it sounds like in this in this traceability business, you need to take over the whole market, no? Yeah, no. I think I think you know, there's what we focus on is what, as I said, we built the technology stack in a way we focus on mapping supply chains and tracing fibers. Mm. 
but we built built the tool because we recognise not that we're not just the only tool that will solve the problems and actually drive this revolution of sustainable revolution that we're all trying to to, to drive. I think we built our technology stack to recognise what we do really really well, but also be a tool that can actually add all of those other components, be it social compliance, etc., um, mm. to the platform to be a, a, a a one place to actually have that and, and, and give brands and give suppliers that, um, you know, that component that they've only just got one one platform to enter this data into and everything else can talk to one another. Mm. Uh, talking about sustainable revolution, how can this industry accelerate uh, its sustainable revolution? Yeah, look, the, the, there are so many factors that influence the decisions that are made within the fashion industry, whether that be consumers, global legislation, pressure from industry industry leaders. The first step on this journey is, is for me, is adopting and onboarding traceability technology. The gold mm. standard is to have both digital and physical, as, of, as we've been chatting about. The more brands and manufacturers and suppliers that embrace traceability the greater pressure there'll be on all players to have an industry-wide standard for for transparency. Um, you know, while traceability does not guarantee sustainable practice practices, it's the first step in addressing issues that exist within the supply chain and taking accountability. So, yes, there's all these other other issues that are there, but having traceability is the first step in addressing all of those other issues that mm. that are out there. With this comes transparency, right, which is the ultimate goal for accelerating the fashion industry's sustainable revolution, as this will leave no room for for, for social or environmental uh, misconduct. Of course. Um, if I if I start to work with um, with FiberTrace, um, does it mean that I need to ask my existing suppliers to uh, to use FiberTrace as well? Yeah, so as I said, what's um, the way we built the platform is is is, is to be um, a way, as I said, to it's as easy to join as Facebook, and it's mm. and it's a and it's a way that you pass the baton to the next supplier. So what happens if you're already on the platform? Um, it's fantastic. You just receive a notification um, that that you're receiving the next part in the supply chain, and and mm. you add your component in a way on. If you're not already on the platform you still invite your customer and that customer receives a notification to actually join the platform. And so okay. once that happens, you can then start to build out that relay lay, relay race and start to build out the supply chain. So in terms of joining, it's very it's very easy. It's not like you need to spend all of this time actually setting it up. Um, once, you've, once, you've, once the supply chain's been set up in terms of the brand's requirements, It's as easy as just an email invitation that's actually pre-generated by the platform. Mm. All right. Um, let's talk about another case study. Um, let's say I'm a young designer. I want to start my brand. Uh, and and I think that uh, sustainability is part of my uh, DNA. Um, oh, what would be your two, three, four, five uh, advices to master my traceability? Yeah, so I think you know, so supply chain supply chain transparency for designers is is becoming key, right? Finding a manufacturer mm. or supplier that has a clear, open relationship with every step of the supply chain, from raw fibre to garment, is now becoming a vital tool for designers in making smart um, and informed decisions. Without this knowledge, yeah. it's impossible 
to know with 100% the certainty that the fibres and therefore the garments were produced sustainably or they're from from a from a normal uh, from a from a, a certain provenance. So you know what we're doing at Fiber Trace is continuing to build a network of suppliers across the globe who share that same vision, and therefore highlighting to to designers that these people are on the same journey and therefore have the tool in place and the transparency in place so they can make informed decisions around the products that they purchase. Mm. All right, thank you very much. Uh, let's move to the quick rapid fire question uh, part. Um, what do you want to close the door to in our industry? Traceability is not a cost, it's an opportunity. All right. Where do you look at to get inspired? Uh, my team. So we've got a great team. Yeah. How many people are you in, in your team? Uh, 26 at the moment. Okay. And they're all based in Australia? No, all over the world. All over the world. Fantastic. Uh, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? Uh, a black blazer. From? From Country Road in Australia. There's a brand here in Australia. Fantastic. Okay. And who is the personality you would like to listen in this podcast? Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. All right. Thank you, um, Kylie Jenner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sustainability, right? Why not? It'd be good to get her view. <laughs> of course, I'd love to. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you, and uh, we're gonna try to uh, to have a Kylie Jenner in in the mic uh, for for a record. Thank you so much. Take uh, take care, and uh, hope to see you soon in France, in Paris. Yeah, same here. When you come to Australia, lovely to meet you, Adrian. I will, I will. Take care, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 